and welcome to a very special The Last of Us Part 1 video game roundtable as part of the Comics in Motion Network. I'm Ria, I will be hosting the roundtable. I am obsessed with The Last of Us, as I've just been talking about with some of my guests, both The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 and The Last of Us TV show is coming up, which is going to be the highlight of my year like above like everything else and probably including like my own child's birthday and stuff like that because I'm freaking obsessed with this game um so it's not true I love you um <laughs> I did warn everybody beforehand this would be quite chaotic it's late we've all had technology issues so let's just get cracking so I'm gonna start introducing everybody first um Introduce yourselves, tell me what your background with the game is, how you heard about it, how you came to play it, and anything else we might want to start with the game. Who would I start with? Let's start with, let's start with the pair. Let's start with Blake and Ellie. Yeah, hi everyone, my name's Blake, uh, long-time gamer, first-time podcaster for a game. Um, I, you know what, I actually had The Last of Us on my shelf for years. I think I got it picked it up on disc from a friend and it was just set on the shelf as one of those I'll get to it one day things um and it wasn't until getting into the comics in motion discord family where all the chat kind of came up about it and I thought you know what I've actually got this I should give it a crack I'd seen it um online and like kind of hype about how good it was but it's like we you know we're so spoiled for choice for quality games these days it's just I've got I've got other games like that that I've never I've never touched. So I used this opportunity to dive in, and um, you've been uh, I've been thriving off Ria, you and Math, uh, like living vicariously, and Dan living vicariously through the, this progress. So um, I picked it up, I played it, and then didn't touch it for months because it was too scary. It was a bit too intense. Um, and I'm so glad I persevered, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, and so I'm Ellie. Um, I'm Blake's wife, <laughs> but I'm not a gamer at all. So, um, but I watched Blake play pre- the whole of this game, yeah, yeah, I, I think. Didn't, I, I wouldn't have ever played it without you. We were invested. <laughs> yeah, we, it became something that, you know, it, when, you know, one of the kids woke up, and I had I, maybe I'd go and like get them back to sleep. If Blake like watched one of the like cut scenes like by mistakes because like you know it came up and started playing without me, I'd get like really quite like you know annoyed. Yeah, no, and, and I would feel I would feel like I had like cheated on you in some way. Like if it, if it were like a shooty shooty part, like because like not so for, for for context and especially because it's like Naughty Dog. We've tried to play Uncharted in the past and because of the story and the swashbuckling stuff, but you actually got a bit bored of yeah. how shooty it was. Yeah. And so if you had to kind of go away for the kids, I might like kill some zombies or whatever. But if if it came to a cutscene, I, I really wanted to stop it. Yeah. So, yeah. so it became something that I then because I've watched you play lots of games in the mm. past. So yeah. whilst I'm not a gamer myself, like I'm yeah, vicariously through Blake, I'm kind of experiencing a little bit um and so that is basically how I didn't know anything about the game I don't know anything about the company um I've just sort of watched him play it through and also the second little bit what's the the, the game that's in within the game left behind. Yeah, left behind behind yeah that one as well um so yeah I, I've just sort of just engaged with it that way 
so exciting I love watching people play games I don't know why I find it like mm. I find it really interesting I know it's like a weird thing so it's so exciting to have you on here who actually just you just watched Blake play and got to experience like all the cinematics or everything about it and so I'm also sort of vicariously living through you as you watched it which is quite exciting <laughs> <laughs> um I should have thought of an order who's next Math, you go next uh, I Did played this years ago. Sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm Math. <laughs> um, you may have heard my voice a few times on the comics and motion thing, so uh, I apologise, I'm back again. Uh, I played this years ago uh, when I used to have a PlayStation before it died on me. And uh, when I originally played it, I think I have got three kids. My daughter was about 10-ish, so... I'd heard about it. I heard it were quite gritty at times. Playing through it, it just it always left a lasting effect on me. Um, I, it was funny. I was just saying earlier. I was talking uh, with my son about it today, um, and realised that again, I still do get choked up at certain parts, which we will get into. Um, but it, it's. One of the good things about it, though, it, yes, it does have the shooter-shooter bit in. That's not what the game is. It's very much a... You, you're running through the story and you feel that you are part of the story. And that's one of the great things I really enjoyed about this. Um, I will I will confess, uh, I didn't have time to play through Left Behind before the start of the podcast, so I did cheat and watch it online. Um, but I, I I played it years ago, as I say, um, and that and I did replay through uh, last was uh, over the last couple of weeks, and that, and I've really enjoyed going back, and it's amazing how much I'd forgotten, and that, and then the moments come back up, and they still kind of hit me quite hard. I mean, I, I went to start making a few little notes, and uh, I've got probably like an A four size piece of paper full of stuff now so <laughs> you don't realize each time you kind of do something different you're like oh better put that down just remember that one uh which i'm sure we won't get through everything but again yeah it's it, it is one of them games that it just seems to leave a lasting effect with you yeah couldn't agree more couldn't agree more dan how about you oh hi i'm dan um you probably have heard me on superheroes for Dummies called Comics and Emotions, uh, and more recently with the Pop Gorillas with my fellow comrade in arms, Rio. Um, I first came across uh, Last of Us uh, Part One because I used to go on game and I'd always go, like, every now and then go and look on the coming soon. And all I saw was um they had like a concept artist cover for last of us part one and it just said the last of us um and i managed to have a look at some of the uh screenshots and it kind of looked like if the walking dead and i'm legend had a baby had a had a baby do you know what i mean and i thought oh this is probably like finally game a game outside of probably resident evil that i would um absolutely love um um, what I love about it is normally I'm not a stealth I'm not a stealth type type of person. I'd be more of a, a John Rambo going shoot shoot bang bang whatever type of person. Um, but this one actually 
kind of sucks me into the whole stealth thing because you have to actually think about what you're going to do before you do it. Um, you're not going to be able to pick up a box of 30 bullets. Instead, you're going to probably go and get a box of three and uh, you have to use those sparingly. So I kind of love that. And um, like Matt, there are a few scenes in it that shocked me when I initially played it. But um, after becoming a parent, um, has made me feel a whole lot different now. Um, and I think like Murph, I got a bit teary-eyed. Um, and I think like everyone uh, with this story, you kind of feel like you're part of the story. Um, like you're this person that's floating above Joel and, and Ellie and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've played this on the PS3, PS4, and now the PS5. Um, yeah, one of my one of my all time favorites, I think. Yeah, you've read, you've led quite nicely into one of the first things I wanted to chat about, which was around the overall gameplay and storytelling. For us who've played it, I think you know there's a lot we can say about the gameplay and how it in, intercuts with the cinematics, and then when you get to the winter section. But also, and I, I won't just pick on you the whole time, Ellie, but there is obviously for you, the gameplay and the storytelling is going to be really interesting to hear from that. I guess I should quickly say about the game. I'm presuming everybody listening to this understands what the game in has, in has played it. But um, so The Last of Us is a post-apocalyptic game. You play Joel, who uh, the story follows him. So when out the outbreak happens which is through the cordycept virus, which is a fungus that infects people's brains and turns them into zombies. He, so it came out in 2013. He, uh, we see him and his brother and his daughter at the start of the game when the outbreak is happening and his daughter is shot by the military. And then we get to 20 years later and we see how the world is trying to rebuild itself, how they're trying to live their, trying to live their lives. We know that um, there's hardcore uh, quarantine zones. That's where Joel lives. He's a smuggler. He works with a friend slash maybe something else. Tess, mm. love Tess. Um, and they are recruited to transport a 14-year-old girl called Ellie across the country because she holds the cure to the virus. Um, and it's about how their relationship develops and what happens to them on that journey. It goes through four seasons. It starts in summer, goes through autumn. We get to winter where we get to play as Ellie and then we get back to spring, which is where the, the game ties up. So again, I'm saying this as if we all know, but just in case not, if not, just don't listen to us, go and play the game. That like, was a do? fantastic summary. I think that's probably your best one so far. Right? You can, I was you can tell nervous. you're passionate about this <laughs> and, and you're prepared. That was amazing. I was quite nervous because, as we all know, me and my summaries of things are not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but you well, live and well, breathe well, this well, game. Well, so I do yeah, live and breathe this game. I've got Last of Us art up on my wall. I've got Last of Us toys. I played it so much. Uh, it's often a thing that I talk about people who do not want to hear me talk about it um, <laughs> I've played it a lot and I enjoy it and I think it's possibly my all-time favorite game although KOTOR just because it holds a special place in my heart 
might beat it. But anyway, this isn't about me. I'm here to facilitate chatting with you. If I want to do this, I'll just go and sit by myself for three hours and talk about the game uh, to nobody uh, and record it and release it and nobody will listen. So what was I talking about? Uh, yeah, so the, the overall gameplay, gameplay. gameplay and storytelling, yeah. how, how you feel that fits together, what are some of the things in the narrative that you enjoy the most? Uh, oh, who's like Dan? Because you went last for last before. You can go first now. So yeah, like I said, gameplay, game, game play wise, this actually makes you think about what you do, when you do it, how you do it. Um, and I think, um, like games like Call of Duty, everything's all up in your face. It's, it's there in front of you, like explosions, this, that, and the other. Whereas this one, where you'll hear like a clicker. But you'll pan your camera around and you won't be able to see where they are initially. Um, and you think, oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then, bam, they're there around the corner. And then you have to stop dead. Um, so, like, oh, shit, right, just back up a little bit, back up a little bit. And um, you get all caught up in get all caught up in it. Um, and I think that kind of has like a little nice segue into it because once you reach, like, the end of a scene where you've, clear the room with clickers, bloaters, runners, and stuff like that. They play like, like kind of like somber guitar music, and it kind of brings you right back into it, and then they segue into it like a cut scene, and it's absolutely beautiful. And then, like I said, you know, like most games you will get where you'll find like a little ammo box, and it has like 10, 20, 30 bullets in it, um, whereas this... You probably only get like one. And then you all get to the next part, and there's like five runners, two clickers, and a bloater. It's like, right, what am I going to do? Um, and I like that it forces you to um to actually explore your surroundings. Cause usually you just go from A to B and then that's it. Whereas this is like A to B to C to D to E to F and, and so on and so forth. Um, and it's just uh, just absolutely amazing. I love it. Exploring the sound, the surroundings is one of my favourite things. I think mm-hmm. not only the the narrative structure of the cutscenes and the cinematics works really well, but they do that in the game as well. So when you're at the oh. university, you explore some rooms where there are no runners, clickers, or mm. bloaters, or anything, and it forces you to understand the layout it's telling you that mm. you're about to go into doing some actions, some sneaking in the exact same mm. layout. So think about what the surroundings are. How would you then do that if you are having to do it with your mask on, sneak around to not get your face ripped apart by a clicker? Yeah. And I think for me, that's one of the things that really elevates the game. It, it, it isn't just what you said. It's not just A to B. It's you have to, as the player, be involved. You have to be aware you can't just run around and shoot things in the head as much as you want to. Yeah. It is not Nathan Drake and Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, it's like you're, it's, it kind of makes you feel like you're not watching Joel, you're not watching Ellie, you're watching yourself run around this room and you're kind of, kind of making yourself think, oh, maybe I should just search these cabinets, search this, this, such that, and instead of just running from A to B. Like, I like it because it's, it's not quite open world. It is very restrictive, but the way they've set it out is absolutely perfect. 
like unlike games like you know like Red Dead Redemption and stuff like that, you know you you need to explore. In uh, not need you don't need to explore so much in that because you can go to a shop and you can buy like thirty, fifty, a hundred bullets. Uh, whereas in this one, it's a, you, it, it, it promotes even though you know I'm not saying that there would never ever be a post-apocalyptic world that we're going to be living in. But um, it kind of immerses you in it and makes you think that it's real. So it makes you think twice before storming into the uh, the abyss, so to speak. It's you... quite interesting. Sorry, I was just saying it's quite interesting watching as well because I found at first I found the moments where you go and search around in cupboards. Like after a while, I'm like, okay, like, you know, get on with it because I don't need to see, do you really need to open every single drawer? Like, <laughs> yes, and, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and it's, it's boring, right, to watch. <laughs> but, but it's not that I specifically want action, action all the time, except that there's, there's a repetitiveness of it. But it was once we started to talk to each other about that, that I became more invested in that and therefore in the game in various ways because I, I learned to recognise how, yeah, it does prepare you. It's like we would start to go, oh, we're picking up a lot of stuff here. What's, you know, <laughs> we're, we're gearing up. you know, so boss level type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you sense that the pace then changes. So I, once I kind of got into that and understood that, then I could understand the pace. And it's interesting you talk about, Daniel, the... the the um, layout because as well at first I was like wow this place is so confusing like how does he know where to go like you just seem to always be so confident where you're going whereas me when I'm trying to play a game I'm like I edge forwards like one centimeter then I'm like you know looking around and then I edge forward a tiny bit more whereas you just and but it was only when you said to me well you know it is actually they guide you and it's only really one direction you can ultimately go and it's so again once we talked about that a little bit I became more involved in understanding that layout myself and it's to therefore be feeling like I'm playing it and you know I'm very much not (laughs) I don't have to do the very stressful zombie killing (laughs) one and one thing one thing that you wouldn't have picked up on that's like a classic gamer thing is like when you walk into that space it leads you down one way but as a gamer your instincts are always to look in that little dead end you pick up thing there the place that they don't want you to go that's where the little hidden stuff is (laughs) It's it's just like Part of it is they guide you, and part of it is like you know the the rules of game design. Yeah. You know, it's and you know of... what you can climb and what you can't climb. I'm like, why don't you just go up there? Like, you're like, <laughs> it's quite linear, but it lets you branch off a little bit, mm. and that, it, which then it kind of comes into where there's you could attempt to do run and gun, but you're gonna find that you you're only going to get so far with that. But it mm. does give you a certain option. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of the original Resident Evil. When you first started that, you were so limited to what you could do. You found yourself running around other zombies. In this, especially at the start, it's like when you can shiver. You, you get one chance and then that's it. And I, <laughs> like you are saying, you'd, you'd find some supplies and it's like, oh, I'm full. 
well, hang on, let me check my backpack. What can I build so then I can pick this up? Because I'll move further on and realise I haven't got enough mask. I mean, how there's so much masking tape around, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that's for the gameplay mechanics. But you do get that feel that there is so little there. Um, there's, you know, we have a scene later on in the game when Ellie's looking for medicine, and you realise that everything's been looted. There is such little amount of things. They've put your masking tape and your water and your things like that so it can get you from A to B. But you still have that sense of realising that you have to pick and choose where you fight, where you run, you know, whether you start crafting this stuff and pick these things up or you just kind of, you know, try to get out of the area, which, again, that adds to the tension of the game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that, like, because when we first started playing it, it was so difficult, scarce. It was quite anxiety-inducing. But, mm. and this is probably because we I played it on the easiest level, like, just now in my old age, I'm getting used to playing things at, like, just the <laughs> easiest level rather than the ego of, like, oh, yeah, normal or hard or whatever. But because I, because I was playing it with Ellie, it's fussing with the combat and more story so i played easy and at the start it was really anxiety inducing to like scavenge around everywhere but later on i didn't really have an issue with stocks did i i was always full of stuff um and sometimes i'd in the game to get quite creative with my takedowns with molotovs and stuff because i just instinctually wanted to hoard those things Mm. Until I realized I'm going around not picking the stuff up. So let's just like lob a few out. And oh man, there's some awesome Molotov kills, aren't there? That's pretty sick. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, I, I, I was said, Rhea, about like cinematics because we we finished it <clears throat> a few weeks ago, didn't we? And then we just, for, for this round table, we went through and rewatched the cinematics. And um, one of the things, like, the, the, the cutscenes are so cinematic. But one of the things I noticed, which is is how often they will use like the kind of like in-game, almost like gameplay type footage in the cinematics. Mm -hmm. And that really helps with the immersion Mm -hmm. because some of it's so filmic, you know, shallow depth of field and stuff. But then they'll just have like a wide shot, which, and like as gamers, we know like these days, you have a cutscene and it will go like seamlessly into the game. And watching the cinematics removed from the gameplay you realize actually how much they do that and how effective it is in that immersion yeah absolutely for me one of the most immersive things is i was talking about this with my my friend who's also probably not as obsessed with the game as i am um but we were talking about how what our favorite sections of the game were and we'll come up to that in a in a little bit and I was saying my my favorite I've already spoken to Matt about this is winter even though it's I find it incredibly traumatic as a whole section of the game in general but it's my favorite because during spring and summer sorry during summer and autumn you become so confident as Joel right you feel strong because you start off quite weak as Joel in the beginning you're learning the mechanics Tess is in charge you're following what Tess Mm. does 
um, you've not got that much ammo, you've not got that much supplies, but by you start to feel really strong as Joel, you start to feel like the protector, right? You are protecting Ellie. You've got her all the way to the hospital. There's nobody there, but you go, oh, that's, don't worry. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing through. I can just gun down anybody now by this stage. Um, and then Joel obviously gets horrifically injured and the game takes you right back to being Ellie. And you suddenly feel like a 14-year-old girl. You've got no supplies, you're not physically strong, and you're all by yourself in a post-apocalyptic world where there's zombies and terrible human beings. And you feel, I, whenever I play it, when I get to into my players early, I feel so vulnerable. And I'm suddenly like, I've got to think back to where I was at the beginning, two seasons ago in the game, however many chapters ago, and remember what I did then to get through to the next part of the game. And I just think that's so smart. And I think... When I first played it, I had no idea that you suddenly got to play as Ellie. And I remember just being like, oh, this is awesome. I get to be her because she's the best character. Um, but also, like, I remember just suddenly being like going from really confident. I could probably just run through and shoot everybody to being scared by the game again and feeling really tense and being like, why are they doing this to me? This is horrific. I mean, it's interesting because they do a clever thing there as well. The, you know, the bit where... Ella gets captured and then you Joel again. And you, like you say, that you've just, you've been this confident Joel and then you go to Ellie and you're a bit, you know, nervous and you relearn it all. You go back to Joel, but you don't feel confident because of that panic stricken of, of Joel. Of, it's, you know, there's people coming in and it, that's the point when it really hit me with the fact that the relationship that he had with Ellie that it won't just a job anymore. I mean, you get that as it's going through, but at that point, you feel that fear. And you feel that fear of going back to the start with what happens with Sarah. And the the panic, and as you're playing through, you know, my hands are sweaty and I'm thinking, oh my God. And you're so nervous and making a mistake because at that point, this isn't, you're not really thinking about yourself as Joel. You're thinking, I've got to get to Ellie. And, and it's a clever way that they do it, where they, they, they kind of pulled you up from under your feet with, with your playing early, and they put you back to Joel. But then you're still that, oh, shit, uh, uh, what do I do? What do I, uh, I can't mess up. Whereas, mm. like you said before, you felt, you know, you've upgraded everything. You know, you've got max, you've got loads of ammo, you've got, you know, your, your shivs, you can hit them three or four times. and. It's just it, it completely throws you again. That's such a that's such a good point. I hadn't even really thought about that math about how once you do go back to Joel, it's never quite the same, is it? There's like a fragility that there wasn't before. Like you say, you've kind of maxed out by that point. Just before that, that's when I'd really embraced using all the weapons, and you feel like you're a master of your domain. And then, yeah, the rug gets pulled out from under your feet, like you say. Like I had no idea. I thought that was it for him. And then we go into that that new act, that winter. And you said, didn't you, Ellie? You were like, "Do you realize you're playing differently?" Yeah. Like, and I didn't know if that was if that was you playing differently, or, what or whether it was yeah somehow the game not allowing you to play in certain ways. I guess it's, it's potentially a bit. Both. No, but totally to- because <coughs> you as Joel by that stage, you're the you yeah you're, you're you're the man, you know. And later on, like yeah, she's smaller, she's weaker, but she's got that knife 
And that knife is Whoa. awesome. I love yeah, well, that. Why don't we have yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so she's, I was much more sneaky. I felt more confident sneaking around then than I did with him at the start when I was, when we were really mm. kind of scared by the clickers and all that. I, I felt much more confident with her later and enjoyed playing it like that. And in a way it was a shame to go back to Joel like that, but, yeah, math brings up a really good point about that emotional shift because it's kind of like you, you kind of touched on it before, Rhea, about Joel and Tessa's relationship, the kind of like unspoken connection there. Mm. And uh, you can see the slow burn for him. Like we know narratively he his, heart, his heart's going to thaw a bit for her. But it's a slow road, isn't it? And if, like, it really culminates in that winter mm. space. It's interesting think... that you say that. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I, mm. I just said it's interesting you say about the the feeling more confident with um, the knife as Ellie um, in the early stages of playing Ellie versus the early stages of playing Joel. Where I get you were more. It was more just like punching them, right? Which is because because Joel as a character is actually like, he's like the tough guy, right? But mm. he's actually really quite anxious as a character. Like he's super, at the beginning he, with Tess, he's like, no, no, we shouldn't be doing this. We should well, we should stop this. We're not, this is not for us. He's super anxious all the time. And he's anxious with Ellie all the time. Mm. Eventually he softens, I guess. But yeah, he's an anxious guy. Whereas Ellie, she's like confident from the yeah. off. She's yeah, mm. she's 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 solid. And then and yet she's still got all the vulnerability because who's that kid later on um, with Henry? Henry Sam. and younger brother Sam. Sam, Sam mm. says to her, doesn't he? He's like, how are you doesn't not scared? Scary. Yeah, yes. um, and she's like. Who says that it doesn't? So she's like, but she's, so she's very human mm. and yet she's got this confidence. So it's kind of like, you know, to play her, you have this sort of quiet confidence because you're sneaking, you're holding back, you're like playing differently, but you've got mm. this quiet confidence. Whereas Joel, it's out there, it's bullish, but it's actually really anxious. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely. think with Joel, when, you, when we first meet, oh, sorry. It's like you, Daniel, jump in afterwards. <laughs> with, with Joel, he's just, he's existing to start with. He's just going through the motions. He knows about the clickers and that, he, and he deals with them if he has to, but he, he, he's kind of just existing going through. And then obviously he has this task of, of taking Ellie. And you can see that he, he's not happy. And, you know, we know the reason why he's not happy because of Sarah. And there's that barrier that he's trying to keep up. And we slowly see it going down and down as, as the game goes along. But I think that's the difference. He's He remembers what life was like before. And now he's just trying to go for the motions. Whereas Ellie's been brought up in this. So mm. there is a bit more of a confidence. And there's also the fact that she knows she can't be infected. So she kind of has, as long as she doesn't get taken out, yeah, she, she's got a bit of a, a wild card to play all the time. Mm. But I think that's that's where you see the difference between them because she, she knows that, you know, although there's a lot of weight on her shoulders, she knows that she has, I can up a hand on them to a certain degree. Mm. I'll, let, I'll let Dan go. I'll, I'll be quiet for a bit. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. No, I think what you're saying is like she's a lot stronger than I think we give her credit for. Um, even though she's only armed with a bow and arrow and a 
a uh, a flip knife. But that flip knife to her is like a I don't know a level eighty nine on bloody World of Warcraft or something like that. It's, it's a lot stronger than like Joel's shiv that only lasts for two hits, and then after two hits, it's, it, it it breaks. But I wanted to just cast back like so when Joel gets injured. Every time I play it, I always think, how did she get him on the back of that horse and then take him to an abandoned house, take him off that horse, take him down to the basement, get him all wrapped up, look after him and everything like that. So I think I think she's a hell of a lot stronger than we give her credit for. Even though, like, you know, really, you're saying, like, you know, she's just this 14-year-old girl, she's vulnerable, she's this. I think she's far from vulnerable. Far, far, far from vulnerable, I think. Yeah. But, that, but that's what we see. We see, and this is what I love about this game, is we see that she's nuanced, right? Because she is world-weary, right? Because she's 14. She, this is the only world that she's known. She's grown up in a military school. She says to everybody she's stronger than they think. She literally is like, I've lost people. Everybody leaves me. You know, she's got an inner strength. But at the same time, you know, when the scene in the lodge in the diner happens with David where he attacks her and I absolutely hate this part of the game. I play it on easy. I need it to be over as soon as possible. I'm always traumatized by it. And I like physically shake afterwards. I cannot handle it. And we see that David is going to rape and kill her. You know, the game brings you back down to the fact she is just a 14 year old child. She is a child. She's grown up in this beautiful, in this, not beautiful in this brutal world. Don't know where I was going there. Um, <laughs> and and she still is just as vulnerable as any fourteen year old child would be. And I think that's why it's this. What that's why this game's so interesting. And we see yeah. that with all of the characters. We see it with Joel. We see he's not a leader at the start at all. He does not want to be in charge. Exactly what Math said. He just wants to survive. He just wants to get through it. He doesn't want to think about Sarah. He doesn't want to be vulnerable. And then we see it with all the other characters. We see it with Tess. So I think let's start talking about some of the other characters. So what I absolutely love about this game is we could have a whole podcast on each of all of the side characters. Just so hopefully something that will come out in the TV show. So out of the side characters, who are the ones you... you I, I can't even think about what I'm going to say. Who who are the ones you want to talk about? Is there anybody, any, anybody in particular you want to talk about? Uh, let's start with you, Ellie. I was going to say Bill. I kind of like Bill. He's yeah. he's he's really man. He's deep. He's got he's got a lot of deep stuff going on, mm. and he's you can see it in his eyes, like his his quietness. And then I love how he how he like we were talking about this when we watched rewatched the the cut scenes, like this kind of cinematic scenes, and um, how he he changes kind of quickly from basically being like you know. <laughs> F you, I'm not doing anything for you. I don't owe you anything to, well, if we were going to do it, we'd do this and do that and off we go. <laughs> and so I, I love that because I think that there's some real complexity and we would, and I was saying, oh, I really want to find out mm. what was it? Why did he owe him? And, and you said, well, you know, Blake was like, well, it doesn't really probably matter. So I, I really like that we don't, we don't find that out. I think that mm. that adds a lot of depth to the game because these relationships go so much complexity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and there's other relationships where that complexity and the depth of that is mentioned as well. But yeah, Bill was one of the ones that that adds a lot of that. I think. Dan, mm. um, for me, I think it 
will probably be uh, Henry and Sam. Um, probably more Henry than Sam because obviously after what happens to Sam, um, he just basically his purpose like like with like with um joel he 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 didn't have a purpose after sarah but obviously then ellie comes into the picture and she gives him that sense of purpose and henry's own uh henry's own sense of purpose was was sam um and i think there probably were times where henry was thinking do you know what if i don't wake up tomorrow it wouldn't be the worst thing but Sam was his only thing. Um, and you can see it when he would tell him, like there was the bit where I think, uh, so Ellie got separated with Henry and Sam got separated with Joel. And he was like, like you, can, you, can, you could hear the intensity in his voice. Like you stick to him like glue. Like you're my purpose. You're, my, you're the only thing that's helped me cling to this world. Um, but I would like to see what life would have been like for them to before all of this happened, before, like, in, in many zombie things, the fall happened. I'd be very interested to see what life was like for them. Or, or like, or just, like, probably just after where Sarah died up to that point. Because, obviously, there, there was more of them, but, obviously, like, more, more and more of their group died in that sea. So that would have been really interesting to watch. I'm going to say Bill as well. I, I just the the banter between Bill and Ellie is just it's like two, <laughs> you know, it's like listening to my eldest two squabble. It's just you know he's he's done this, she's done that. It would just again we only saw Bill for a short amount of time, but he just he he, he had a lasting effect on me. Um, and as well, and now I apologise, I don't remember what Bill's partner was called, but Frank. I do know that in, Frank. it's Frank, who I know there's a bit of controversy between uh, a relationship and that. Now, I've not played it, so I can't really comment on that. But they address something like that in this, and I don't think it ever really mentioned the fact that obviously Bill and Frank was a partnership. Um, but that that banter that them to add, it would just it, it felt so natural. It felt like it, you know, that's how they would be. The f- and again, like at that point, Joel's still kind of finding his feet with Ellie. But it, it, I wish Bill would have come along with him. I think he would have mm-hmm. been fantastic. But it, then again, it's going to spoil the rest of the story. And I don't know if they ever go back. With Bill further down in Last of Us Two, but it it just it was again another relationship that you could really feel, and you could again feel part of the world. I mean, uh, all the booby traps that he's got going around. I mean, this second time playing through, I thought I could remember where, and I still got blown up a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> uh, to the point where I was cursing Bill, and I was like, "Yeah, bastard!" But Again, I mean, even the bit where they, they're pushing the car and he's telling her to pop it and he's, you know, it it felt like, it again, you felt like you was part of that character, you was playing that part 
and you were just you wasn't sat back you were sat in there with them and you was fully engrossed in it like, it would have been it would have been awesome to have um i think it would have been awesome to have been in it for a bit more um and I was always puzzled as to, like, why would you want to be the only one left in your town and the only ones that you have for company are runners, bloaters, and clickers? You know, why would you want to stay? I um, think it's routine, though, isn't it? He got into yeah. a routine and... Yeah, he's a creature of habit, yeah. yeah. But, but why he's would you want to be terrified. with other people? Yeah. He's yeah. absolutely... He is so... Because everybody else, like, so many other people in the game have a lot of grit and like determination and <clears throat> he just is so complied he he just can't do anything <laughs> well that's the thing it's like the, the more bluster someone has the weaker they probably are because they have to put up a front right and that's <clears throat> one of the interesting things about bill is he was really hurt that his partner left him yeah and so but he can't show that no. and so he has to put up this front that he's stronger by himself and but he wanted it because you know it was a, yeah. vulnerable I cut, I cut that out my yeah you know yeah. And when we fight when you find that letter yeah it's gutting yeah it's mm. absolutely gutting but you know it's an interesting thing i won't say too much about bill because yeah he, he was saying that for me but you've, you've a few of you have said like some things about him but um one of the things I thought was interesting was after it kind of unfolds the, um, uh, which is really touching and really moving. Um, when he realizes that he stole the battery, he's like, "Ah, oh, you prick!" Type of thing. <laughs> so it's cool because it's like it's not like vir- they're not like virtue signaling. Oh, let's have like a um, diverse kind of role here, but it's like be like gay or whatever the situation is but yeah. still like a really natural relationship just like everybody else it's like still have issues with his partner and stuff so i thought that was really cool you know that yeah it didn't divert he was still bill at the end of the he's bill first you know whatever it is yeah um okay. another other character um sam and henry bill were good uh tess when we rewatched the cinematic um stuff i was really surprised at I'd kind of forgotten about the impact of Tess, but as soon as I saw her and her like presence in the scene, um, I was like, yeah, wow, she was actually a big part of Brown for relatively that long. Mm-hmm. So like her her impact, how she sets up Joel, who Joel is in this time frame, was was really, really important. And I'd kind of forgotten it in a way, but just absorbed it. Um <laughs> But because we've talked about this a little bit in the Discord, like who we would want to see more of. And I actually kind of, I'm sorry, Rhea, but I actually kind of would like to see a bit more of David. Me too. I, David's my favourite <laughs> side character. And, and I we say favourite in the way that like uh, Cersei Lannister is my favourite side exactly, character in exactly. Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. It's like it's like your shadow. It's like yeah. your shadow. <laughs> I can't yeah, help like, but be fascinated by them and want to know more. Ellie and I yeah. talked about this when we rewatched it, right? It's about what's the what's the dynamics, what's the turn? Because mm. like f- for me, the what what my feelings encountering David for the first time, and then again when we rewatch was like, oh, oh, this is scary. What's this? Um, okay, okay, no, maybe they're fine. Maybe they're fine. And then, um, oh, there was just a killer scene. Like I'll just go back and rewatch just that cutscene 
the moment where you've given your trust to him because you've gone through this like battle of the zombies together and then you sit down by the campfire and he does this like cowboy kind of Clint Eastwood kind of speech and as soon as the fucking cowboy speech around the campfire comes out you know there's going to be a turn out you know there's going to be a heel turn and it's slow it's slow it's like kill bill you know type of Mm. monologue and you just think oh shit oh i let my guard down here we go and it just gets worse from there but why i would like to see more of them is um i just found that community so captivating and like a lot of the game they insinuate more they imply more you get more of a sense of something rather than you are explicitly told it mm. and in situations like with the dark themes of their group like let's say cannibalism or um sexual assault or whatever it's like it's the implied stuff eh? and it made me wonder if they're a community like at what point do you cross that threshold of like we're all kind of surviving, you know, like before that we get to the hunters and the hunters are just like animals in a way, you know, and they just are just doing all these horrible killings and raiding, ambushing, and that they're like non, they're not really human in a way, but his group seem like humans, but like at what point does their moral code switch? And that's what I find really fascinating and would like to see more of. And, and no. also there's only watching it back when we watched the, the scenes, did I sort of really listen to him more. I think in the game, he, we were like, oh God, you know, was, ooh, uh, uh, and the sort of the challenge of, of trying to work out. And when we watched it back more like a film, <laughs> there's that moment he says, I get it, you, you killed our guys because you had to they didn't give you much choice and we kill you know and he's basically saying that we we're killing people and eating people because we have to it's like you know that's horrific but at the same time within the context of the story I started to be like huh um okay right so there's some logic here it's not that this is logic I would want to agree with (laughs) you know he sort of start to, so I think that, that that shows that there's a real skill in how David is written and played, mm. Um, mm. you know, the, uh, in all the voice acting, but also just the subtleties of his face and the animation. I think that it really puts together, you know, with the writing, a, 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 a deeper, much deeper complexity than I at first appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And David's community makes you ask the question who's the bad guy so we feel like the hero throughout right this is our story we're the hero we're Joel and Ellie we're trying to do the good for humanity right we get to David's community we're like oh my god he's incredibly evil he is but also if you, if you watch it if you play it with the uh with the subtitles on like I do or if you have it up loud also like I do making myself sound very old is you hear <laughs> when Ellie's running around his community's scared they are terrified of Joel and Ellie they say things like get the women and children safe you know yeah. let's yeah. lock this down they're mm. killing us yeah. and you suddenly like well yeah. I'm still on Joel and Ellie's side but actually yeah, we just but like actually, murdering look, loads of people that we don't looking at my stats, I killed over 500 yeah. people. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's some reason for it. Yeah. it I mean, the, 
there's a film alive with the plane crash and they, to survive, they end up eating, you know, the dead that they've got there so they can survive. This community has got to a point now where food is so scarce, but there is an option of meat, just it's not what you really want to eat. But for us to survive as a community, we're going to have to, we're going to have to cross that line, you know, for us to survive. Mm. And the thing is, it's easy for us to say that, but we'd never do that. But you never know when you get into that that point where it's a case of you either eat this meal or you're going to die. You're going to starve. And this is your only option now. And I suppose if you get a community who, who come to the point where you know, I'm sure it's not a case they've just been doing this for the last six months. There's probably years of this, you know, where it's just accepted and that. And, you know, yeah, Joel and Elliot, although, you know, what they're doing is for the greater good, people don't know that, but, and they're just defending themselves at the same point. People have gone in there and they've just wiped them out. You know, a man and a little girl, has just wiped out this team. So they're going to be scared because if you hear that a 14-year-old girl and a man has just come and wiped out six or seven of your trackers, your, your hunters, you're thinking they they obviously know what they're doing and you're going to be scared of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's why Bill doesn't want to leave because the most dangerous things out there, really. I mean, most of the booby traps, I don't think are there for the clickers and the runners. They're there for people. They can't read all his signs, can they? Yeah. <laughs> all of his signs so, they keep out. You know, it... it Again, it's like The Walking Dead. The scariest part of that, realistically, is not so much the zombies. It's it's the other people people. out there. Yeah. You know, and what you'll do to survive. So how do you feel about the depictions of violence in the game in general? I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but both, I think it's interesting. Sorry, Ellie, I feel like I'm picking on you. I think it's both interesting as a player. So when you're playing as Joel and, you know, you're strangling clickers and people taking them down silently, it feels very violent. So I'm interested in, in from the three of you who have played it, but also for you, Ellie, of watching it, how does it feel for you? Dan, you can go first, because I keep on bringing oh, oh, other people. Sorry, you're about to take a drink. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. Um, I found it, I think, not even just from when I first played, I think from to now, I still find it shocking. Um, and especially when it's coming from a game developer like Naughty Dog, who brought your game like Crash Bandicoot, which was all, not Smiles and Sunshine, but it was all bright colours and you collect apples and you do this and do that. And you go from that to witnessing a kid getting shot. Um, or if you get caught by a bloater, you're getting your head torn into. Um, or if you get caught by a clicker, you get you see you get your throat torn out, and um, but just just everything, and it's something as so simple as when like um, if you're creeping amongst like other humans, and you're doing something so simple, not so simple, but 
when you're choking someone out. Um, usually in other games, it will be just the choke, 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 and they're, they're gone. Whereas in this, it's choke, 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 but you're watching somebody crawl away at somebody's arm and then they pass out and you're like, I, I mean, I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like, oh my God, what the fuck have I done? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Okay, we're just going to hide the body. Nobody has to know. We're in a post-apocalyptic war zone and uh, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think, it, I mean, other than the storytelling, I think it helps immerse you even more into the game. Um, get to feel their, get to feel Joel's emotion, get to feel Ellie's emotion. Um, but yeah, I think I think I I, I think the violence, as weird as it sounds, the violence helps. It masters you, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel as a viewer, Ellie? Do do you feel the same watching it? I mean, it is quite. Yeah, I did find it quite violent, quite kind of shocking. Yeah. There was moments, I think, where I actually just, I did turn away and I was a bit like, oh, I can't, oh, this is, this is a bit much. Uh, <coughs> so I definitely, <coughs> I definitely found it affected me for sure. Um, I don't think I would have felt like I would want to play that. Um, but then part of that is because I get quite stressed out when I play, when I, when there's a, when there's time pressures. So the thought of doing that is quite stressful anyway. But yeah, visually, it's gross. Like there's a real um, vividness to the the grossness. And so I think they've obviously worked quite hard at that. Um, The the one that was worst for me was when Ellie um, is is keeping on stabbing um, David. Mm. That was that was really, and you don't actually see that. No, it's an upshot, isn't it's it? It's an upshot of her, but the noises. I think the sound in the game is thing for me in terms of the immersion because I'm not playing. Obviously, then the, there's less action for immersion, and now the the you know the way the sound. I can understand why sound in video games is just so so important, and so the way the sound. Um, drew me into that or repulsed me you know massively and then I I was interested by the end of that when they you know Joel and Ellie, Ellie leave and the camera comes back and it's just the knife you know you just see the knife um is it the hilt the handle of the knife and um so there's lots about that it's obviously important for the game and I, I guess you need it because it creates that sense of urgency but it's a little bit, a little bit far at times for me. Mm. I, I think with the the David thing, the fact that you don't see is more mm. hard hitting, because mm. that's where your mind then takes up. But at the same point, you feel Ellie's fear there. You feel the fact that you know it. She was pushing through a corner where she it was him or her. She didn't have a choice at this point. And she didn't really know Joe was outside and that she knew there was a commotion going on, 
But, you know, in that moment, she's just escaping. She's just, it's him or her. And the fact that, you know, there's a bit of music at that point, isn't there? There's no talking. It's just, Joel kind of gets Ellie. There's no, it's just that music. And it just, again, it elevates it to the point where you don't need them to really say anything. Because you, you, you I mean you, you played through that anyway, so you felt it. But it, it's that extra lasting, you know, point where you, it, you didn't need to see what she actually did to David. You just, mm. you know, you, you, you probably not seeing is better. Like I said, Cause you get involved you- in all that emotion, don't you? Um, and like tensions are high, your adrenaline's running. Um, and then obviously she does what she does. And like you said, you know, less is more. Um, and then, like I, I think I mentioned it earlier, like the somber guitar music takes over and all you hear is it like, I think, like, like you said, we you have the subtitles and it's like in, what's the word, indecent like speech or whatever. And then it, it brings you back down and then you kind of brings you down to the reality of the moment, I think. Um, and I think for Ellie, like you notice it throughout the games, like when she's with the fireflies and she's locked in the office with Tommy's wife and she's all, because oh, in, the, in the beginning of the game, she's like, she's a total badass, she's, she's hard, she's this. But I think as the game goes on, like her vulnerability starts to show more and more and more and more and more. And then that's the last straw with David, I think. And it's just, yeah, it's a very it's a very hard hitting scene, I think. I think one of the things about not seeing it is that it gives us like a moral justification in a way, because it's like mm. you we can use that as like a revenge for any abuse that is meted out on her or us as the audience because we don't see it, it can be whatever we need it to be. Whereas the other really explicit abuse works for the same goal, but on the other side, like the, or I think all the cutaway stuff, like we are when, like you're saying, Dan, like when the zombies kind of come up and like, like gnaw on your face or whatever, that's really shocking. And equally when um, Joel is like stomping someone's head in, in a cutaway scene, you know, like a finisher move, that is really disturbing. And so because we see that, it purposefully complicates our moral compass, the moral Mm -hmm. compass of the game. Because that goes back to what we're talking about with David and his community. Where does the moral barometer shift um, because of the choices we make? The, the, the hunters in the city, David and his people, Joel, everybody is forced to make difficult decisions. And to do that is like we're drawn up, we, we kind of pull out from identifying with them a bit because like, oh, that shit, that's a bit harsh. But you, you know you know the context in which it's in and it complicates it. So for me, it's this kind of yin and yang of like this explicit violence that kind of problematizes our alliance with one character and this like um, implied violence uh, with Ellie on David that's like kind of acceptable in a way because we feel it's justified. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask, do you think that, 
um, you need the, the, the gruesomeness of the violence in order to um, develop more, a more critical lens on the game. Like, is that necessary? Like, if it was less, um, like, visceral, would it have, would it, would it be less critical? We, I think we can only, like, I love answer. this question so much. <laughs> I think we can only, like, answer individually, but I would say that if it were less, there might be a risk that it glorifies violence. That's what I was wondering. But yeah. because it goes so far, per, again, personally, it goes too far for me, but to a point that they are intending. Yeah. Yeah, I completely there's, agree. There's an interesting thing, Ellie asked near the start, I think it was, and she's asked Joel how many innocent... I think it's after they crash the car, mm. and he, he there's someone stood kind of in the way, and he drives straight through them. Um, and she, she questions it, and she asks him how many innocent people has he killed, which he, he doesn't answer, but I suppose it's that point where he's lived so long that is there an innocent because he knows that that what they were trying to do was to you know an injured man please help me but really we're going to get set up and we're going to get killed or at least robbed um it's that question is anyone innocent so much nowadays because everyone's out for themselves which i mean it's a two way to look at it because what they're trying to do is for the good of mankind, but at the same point, how far has mankind gone at this point? Is is there ever going to be an ability at that point of having a cure? Because would you be able to dispute it? Would people actually want to take this? You're still going to have the infected at certain points. It's going to take quite a while for you to get rid of that. But I don't think there is an innocence. I don't. I think that the violence it is. It's heightened, but I think it's done in the in to a certain degree, but don't sound good this, but in the right way, so that you realise that is you you have to do these hard choices to get to it. Otherwise, there's many points in the game where I just sneak past things, the clickers and people. There's a, there's a, I think the point after you crash the car, there's a a pack of hunters that come down. I just stayed well out of the way. I let them go past and then we moved forward. And there were several points in the game where I thought, I don't want to get into a firefight because there's several of them. And I think just after that, that's a point where Joel gets um, Ellie to kind of cover him and he trusts her a little bit more. But up until that point, there were several places where I chose not to fight because I just thought... <sighs> Again, am I going to endanger myself and Ellie by doing this? And I don't mm. want to cause, you know, I I don't want to kill them if I don't have to, to be fair. I haven't got a lot of ammo. I haven't got a lot of supplies. Mm. And I'd rather kind of make the choice of not killing them and move around. Practical reasons for not killing them. I love that. Not moral. You're like, I've not got a lot of ammo, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I need that next week. Yeah, <laughs> it's a case of I could I could take them out to make an easy path through, but is that going to impact me further down the line and put me in more danger? And that um, it, it's not so much of a case of it. I don't want to kill them because you know it's the wrong thing to do. It's more of a case of 
what's the best thing for myself to do at this point? Mm. Survival, oh. eh? Mm. It's like, oh, I don't want to kill them. It's like, I only got one more hit out of this shit. <laughs> I'm not a shiv master yet. I only get one stab. <laughs> so annoying. That's what I always go for. I'm like, get those hundred pills to be a shiv master so they don't all break on one go <laughs> every time. I do like that. Was it with the crafting? Um, it actually makes you choose mm. what you craft. Mm. You like, can't oh, complete oh, them do, all. Do I want a med pack or do I want a Molotov? <laughs> I, I, I like that as well because when you're on the crafting table and you upgrade your rifle or your flamethrower and you see him using parts and changing how the, the weapon or whatever it is that and it's just a silly little thing but the fact that you see that he's actually adding to his arsenal and that and you are kind of limited to what you can and can't upgrade so you've got to make that choice you know do I want to stay back and use the bow and arrow and the rifle or do I want to go in there with a flamethrower you know I can't do both so you know which is going to be more beneficial yeah, yeah, the crafting options are really good, wasn't it? Like, like you say, Ria, really, you can't do them all, so it's yeah, strategic. Do I want more ammo on this one? I want more spread on this one, and it's it's good because it lets you play how you want to play. You know, am I going in with the shotgun? Am I going in with the shells? <coughs> yeah. So probably start wrapping up soon. I've got two essential questions. And they both kind of go into each other and then go into my final question. So three questions, that's what Matt is. Um, doing well. I did warn you it'd be chaotic. I think I've been doing quite well. So are there any favourite sections or seasons or things that happen in the game for each of you? And within that question, what are the parts of the game that had the biggest impact on you? I think we've all sort of answered that, but it'd really be good to hear that within that wider question about... Not even your favourite bits, because, like, I mean, can you have a favourite bit in this game? Is favourite the right word? <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> Blake, how about you? Um, well, yeah, re-watching it, I was reminded of the drama of, in the early part, I guess it was spring the or summer, the leaning skyscraper, just how visually awesome that was. And I'm really looking forward to going back and playing that, because that's when... At the start, we were, I was quite shit scared about it. And I'd like to go back feeling a bit more confident. I think I might up the difficulty next time. Um, uh, but I would say winter. I think it might be quite a common one. I don't know. We'll see. But I think winter was really cool just because the stakes were up so much. You know, you're getting near the end. You can feel it's near the end. I wasn't sure what was even going to happen with Joel because I wasn't sure of the story going ahead. Um and moving in with Ellie and that kind of the drama of David's crew and all that, I just thought that was really awesome. <clears throat> I liked the thing, the part with Tommy, we haven't really mentioned Tommy, but that part was brief and I really liked the the Western element with it. You know, they're on a horseback and they're trying to talk all macho and not really talk about their feelings and, you know, yeah. that type of thing. Uh, there's that kind of cowboy element to it. Um, I really liked 
Um, coming out of that, this is something I wanted to, I forgot to mention before about the cinematics. When I guess it's spring and they're in that town and they see the giraffes, and that's like a really nice, poignant moment. I loved the thing about certain moments with the cinematics i think the giraffes was one moment and when i think tommy or someone at the camp is it ellie maybe hands him the photo of sarah Mm -hmm. and so there's certain cinematics it goes from cinematic to game but you can sit in that moment as long as you want just staring wistfully at the giraffes or like soaking in the photo of sarah before you callously throw it away (laughs) You know, like you can choose yourself. And it's kind of what Dan was saying from the start. Unlike the kind of Call of Duty type games where it's all in your face, there's moments of breathing. You know, we've talked about this rear with the Miyazaki films. There's like space. And I really liked elements, the elements that had that. And so, yeah, the giraffe part, winter, those sorts of things. Yeah, giraffe part makes me cry every single time. I'm like, I know it's coming still happens it's Ellie's excitement right after all the trauma she's been through and then she's a little kid excited because she's never seen it. and giraffes are my favorite animals because I don't believe they're real they're insane they're like dinosaurs how do giraffes <laughs> exist that's a different podcast <laughs> like, every time I see a giraffe I'm like this it is not real like I've touched one and I'm like this isn't real this isn't happening um yeah, so yeah news. so yeah exactly so that bit like it just completely just destroys me every single time how about you Dan um, I think my both was the same. I think winter was um my favorite. Um, obviously because of the end result. Um, I think what I felt was the biggest impact on me was the beginning where um where Sarah died. Um, because I watched it the first time round obviously when it initially came out and it shocked me because it's something that I would never ever dream to see in a video game, but it's there, it's real, it's happened. Um, but then as a pet, then as a parent seeing that again, I'm not seeing it as um, Joel and Sarah, I'm seeing it as myself and my son. And like, I've, that's, I don't know if it sounds sick, sick and twisted, but like to, to try and imagine what Joel was going through Joel's head in that precise moment in time, I welled up and I cried. Um, and it's one of the very few video games that that's actually made me cry. Um, um, and I think again, like like uh, Blake and yourself said, the, the bit with the giraffes, um, you get to see Ellie as. She should be seen, which is a kid enjoying life, seeing things for the first time, um, and it kind of, in, in in a weird way, it shows that even though there's all these horrible things happening in the world, there's this one pure, um, beautiful moment. Um, favorite part, I think, it's when they reach Salt Lake City um, and they're in the underground tunnel. And there's like three or four bloaters. There's like a load of runners and there's a load of clickers and you've got to basically make your way around and then make it over to, to the bus. And then obviously you reach the the final part of the game. I think that, that was that, that was my favorite part of the game, I think. Matt, how about you? Um, I, I, I think... <clears throat> now, I, I was saying before, I was talking to Miss earlier on about this... Um, 
and I could feel myself kind of choking up a bit when I spoke about the Sarah part. Uh, when I originally played this, as I say, my, my daughter would have been about eight or nine. So, and even playing through again, the fact that when Joel turns to try to protect her, and obviously he isn't successful, how that hit me, but the fact that that plays throughout the game, there's several times when Sarah's mentioned, um, and it, it, it's quite an... Uh, hang on, I've written it down, sorry. Um, there's a bit where Ellie sees a movie post for the, the Dawn of the Wolf, and she asks about him. John mentions that, yeah, he went to see her, and he took... And she says, oh, it's, you know, it's not the kind of film you'd want to watch. And, you know, you understand that he got dragged along because Sarah wanted to go watch it. And then he kind of cuts her off with it. Um, and then further down the line, there's a bit in the medical camp just after the giraffes where you... I think Joel sees Ellie again as that little girl. And she does actually approach Susan, and she mentions Sarah for the first time to him because obviously she's, she's learned about right. Sarah. Yeah. And Joel actually opens up a bit, and you feel again, it's, I mean, it, you can feel the hurt in his, in his voice and the fact, but the fact that he's, you've seen how much he's grown as a character at this point, that he's able to open up to a certain degree with Ellie. And it, again, it's that touching, you know, that touching thing. And it's just, it's a constant thing throughout the game. Just, it pops up every now and again. And it, it just, you, you are automatically, when you meet Ellie, you associate her with Sarah. So he's going to do the right mm. thing by her, uh, which I'm sure we're going to, I don't want to go into the end game bit yet because I'm sure that's your next question. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. But you can feel, as I say, as a parent, I know a lot of the choices that John makes. I, without a second of, you know, that's what I would do for my kids, mm-hmm. you know. And again, it's, you know, I mean, are you wanting to talk about Left Behind after this, or is yeah, we've not that... really um, touched on it, have we? Um, we've, we've sort mm. of sort of missed out on it because <laughs> it's just too it's... much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think playing Left Behind was, you know, me watching it again. It it was good. I feel it would have fitted better if they'd have done that in the moment where Joel does get um, mm. falls on the spike. It was some, you know, it was a DLC, so they did it afterwards. But I think it would have worked better if they could have done it at that point, you know. But again, you see Ellie as a little girl again, you know, when she's her and Riley are playing at the the arcade machine, and she's imagining it all, and then the water gun fight and stuff like that, and even to the point where they've both been bitten, and they decide to go crazy together, and that's where it kind of ends. And we obviously know that Ellie doesn't go crazy. So again, it's in one of those where, like with David, you don't see the aftermath. You just, your mind kind of fills some blanks in mm. and realising that at that point, Ellie, she's either left Miley, realising Miley's turned and why am I not turning? 
or she's had to end rightly, which is, again, it's another growth in Ellie where you see that she she isn't just a little kid. She, she's been forced into adulthood to a certain degree well before she should be. And that, but yeah, I, I, the whole Sarah backline um, story to it is, is really uh, to the point where I think when, when Tommy says that he's going to take her the rest of the way and Joe gets on the horse and it's like, no, I'm going to do this. And again, you know, I can I can feel it here. It's just, you know, it, it's that point where, again, you are Joel at that point. Again, you are playing through this thing and, you know, you're not just a bystander watching. There's so many beautiful bits like that. You know, this couple of scenes where Joel looks at his watch, obviously that Sarah got him for his birthday. It doesn't even work and he's still got it. The, the bit that completely tears me apart is... Uh, j- just after Jackson when Ellie goes off on the horse and then the farmhouse and she's she's really dismissive of Sarah and she's you know I'm not your daughter and he tells her like you know he's clear he's like you're on some mighty thin ice you need to not go down this route and she pushes him that bit further and then he says to her you are definitely not my daughter and it's just like what a moment for the two characters it's actually heartbreaking for them both and then he gets on the horse with her and then we don't know what's happened in between, but we see that their relationship's gotten close and it's just, you know, just these little things of, of his trauma is, is being healed, healed by Ellie, which is just really fantastic, which I guess is how we segue into how we all feel about the ending. I need to go get a cat out of a box. Let's just jump in a box. So, um, so I'll let you guys start talking about the ending and how you feel about it. I'll be back in a sec. What did you think, Ellie? What did I think? Um, I felt, a, a, by the ending, a little bit frustrated. Um, a little bit frustrated. And I think it's because, in some ways, some of my favourite bits w- were the bits where you found out something about other people. Like when you collected the recordings in the lab mm. and you learnt some of the stories that of the things that were going on there. And when you collected the, the letters or the recordings about, um, you know, Private Ellis or was it Private Ellis or Captain, you know. Yeah, Squad A. Yeah. yeah. So so because I was I was intrigued and and in the the other part where you learnt about the character who Met all the people within that. Yeah, they came off the boat. They came off the boat and, and welcomed those people. And then the traumatizing, you know, bit um, mm. where there, there's all, all the, the children kids, yeah. at the end. But because, so those aspects are some of my favorites. So then when I came to the end and the really big impact of, of you know, the greater the greater good could not be achieved. Um, it was that link out to all of the rest of humanity again. And so I then ended up feeling actually a bit disappointed that the story stopped at that point and the link to the rest of humanity was severed. And we were, we were stuck in this really challenging space of Joel now lying to mm. Ellie. Um, 
And yeah, it's just like the she she, she wanted to help humanity. And it, it's not that maybe she wouldn't have chosen to just to die, but actually I kind of feel like maybe she would. Um, and that was that his choice to make. I don't know. Mm. Or, you know but it's that, yeah, that link to the rest of humanity. And so I felt a bit like, ah, oh, I've, I've missed that link. Mm. I can't believe we didn't talk about Ish and his group of yeah. survivors or not survivors in the sewers. Oh, we're, go- we're all just going to have to come back together again and talk <laughs> about it some more. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, um, so Math, how how do you feel about the about the ending, the choices Joel makes, and both within the hospital and then his lie to Ellie? I, I think it, for the greater good that you could argue the fact that there was a chance to maybe save mankind by doing, you know, the greater good of blame Ellie. And I think Ellie, to certainly be, she's aware of the fact that she's probably not going to make it through this operation. But again, as a father, screw the world. That's, that's my daughter and there's nothing... It wouldn't matter what you offered me or what the outcome could be for the rest of humanity. I, I could not make that sacrifice. And again, if it meant that I would have to lie to her for the rest of her life so that she has a, a chance to grow up and, you know, have some form of life, I, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And then, it, again, it, it's... This is where it's very clever because it, it, it toys you both sides. It toys you with the fact that, you know, he should have let them have a chance of saving, you know, thousands, millions of people, not just one. But, you know, the way I suppose you see it is, you know, uh, Ellie hasn't taken pla- replacement off Sarah, but she is now under his protection and and you know as I say in a heartbeat I would I would have only made the same decision I would not have let that happen and uh, so it, whether that makes me the good guy or the bad guy to be honest it, I don't really care because again it's you know that would be my daughter and that's what I would do mm, same same I, I was very um conflicted by it I liked the ending um because like like you Matt, like I'm a dad and if I was ever faced with that situation I would have done the same I would have tapped the surgeon and, and just taken him um but then a the part of this like would I ever lie to would I ever lie to my child because it's not like he's telling them like you know Santa's not real um do you know what I mean? Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry if there's any kids listening. He is, but he is, if there are kids listening, we're talking about the last, the last of us, which is probably like a certificate 18. So you shouldn't even listen to this. Go to bed. Well, Rhea um, looks devastated. As well. I can't <laughs> believe you've just done that. <laughs> Father Christmas um, isn't real, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but we're all adults here, you know. Uh, Next um, some of us still did dream. Yeah, exactly. Some of us still have that innocence. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I know he's doing it to protect her, but 
for the uh, obviously I'm not going to spoil it for those who have not played The Last of Us Part Two, but you know, actions have consequences. Um, well, you can feel it, can't yeah, you? You know, brilliant. it's so, you know, it's... we have, we haven't played it. Yeah, so we yet, haven't but... played it, but you can. Mm, no, I reckon. I... Well, guys, I strongly re- recommend. Yeah, I mean, we can't wait. We can't wait. Yeah, like literally, like I didn't get to play. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to play uh, Left Behind but um, I've literally got The Last of Us Part 2 waiting on my shelf ready and raring to go Um, but yeah like as a parent I I would have probably done the same thing as Joel Um, I didn't like that you didn't get the choice of what Mm. you wanted to do whether or not you Mm. let Ellie have the surgery and Mm. save mankind or you choose a selfish route, which so me and Math would have probably done, um, and you know save save Ellie because you know like Math said not replacing her, but you know is having that, another go, that, yeah that shining light that that shining light that bit of purpose. Um, I'm trying to think, but I also thought like. What probably would have been another good ending? I, I had a had a kind of a Marvel what if is if what if Tommy took Ellie to the rest of the way to think would he have done the same or would he have let her? Mm. You know, interesting. Yeah, I think Tommy probably. The thing is, I mean, my two eldest are. I'm not the biological father. I bought them up since they were like, uh, Haley was two and Alex was three. Um, but they're my kids. You know, as I say, I think Tommy, he he probably would have gone, this is for the great good. This is the way it needs to be. He wouldn't have had that emotional attachment That's the right, same yeah. way. Um, and, and not just because of Sarah with Joel, the fact that mm. they've spent so long, they've travelled so far together, and they've been through so much. It, it, the the fact that there is the Sarah part of it there as well, but I think mm. even without that, they would still have had that relationship. That they they got to the point where they had to depend on each other. You mm. know, she had his back. You know, that, that, I mean, that's one of the parts where when he lets her take the the rifle. He trusted her to have his back at that point. How can he then allow her, you know, to give a life up and that? Now, maybe that's a point where they could have changed it and given you the option of being early to choose whether you want to be sacrificed or not. But, you know, as I say, you know, I think... A thousand times over, Joel did the right thing in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tommy's also, an Tommy, list, isn't he? Sorry, Blake, you go. Sorry. No, I'll, I'll say the same, same thing as you. It's just that Tommy's in a different place as, as Joel, isn't he? And he's more kind of community oriented. So maybe he would have done gone for the greater good. But it's really, it's really interesting that you br- bring that up, Math. And I'm glad that you guys have gone before me because I was kind of going to go with this route of, um, yeah, I felt very similar to to Ellie, um, disappointed in the, the 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 lying and 
and stuff. And I also feel like as a whole, one of the things I like about the game is that um, as I've gotten older, I've realized like a lot of these like zombie games and that are quite um, fetishized libertarianism in that way of like, oh, I'm just like, I don't need anybody. It's all about like being a survivor all by myself. And whereas um, with this, it really suits the genre but with with this one there is this element of strength together you know like the relationships are important um who you meet along the way and who you lose along the way there's all these strengths there um so that's why in some ways as well I was a bit disappointed because that he didn't kind of go for the greater good that he chose to like do this but then you guys have raised those really salient point that like if it were me i would exactly i would 100 do the same and that then reinforces the brilliance of the game because everything that we've talked about has been this complex moral conundrum you know what do we what would we do in this situation and we don't want we would never want to be in those situations that's why we enjoy playing it in a game form you know we get to live out these like fantasies of these things that we would never want to do in real life. Um, saying that, I think he could have saved her and told her the truth. You know, like the the lying, I think is difficult. It's always going to come back to bite you on the ass, and it's like he has like like you have said, like with allowing her to like like uh, he giving. A bit of trust to her with the guns and relying on her and that type of thing. It's a it's a communal thing. It's like a kind of um, a back and forth, right? And um, so for him to lie to her like that just seems not communal, you know. Yeah, it's, it's the lie just... that hurts me, not the saving her. Because yeah. I would do that. Yeah. I would. I've talked yeah. about this before. I would burn down this whole world for my daughter. Mm. I mean, yeah. fuck all of you, quite frankly. I like for her, I'd just destroy you all, but I wouldn't lie to her about mm. it. And it's the lie that hurts yeah. me. Does. Sure, I get I, why I, he does it. I get it. But yeah. it yeah. just, it tears me apart, especially for me, because I think we can all read her reaction how we want to. She knows. Yeah. For me, that last shot of her face, she knows. Yeah, she gets and, it. Yeah. yeah, and how that must feel for her is yeah. just horrific. But uh, you see, I see more the fact that he, he's lying to her, but he, he's taking that burden on himself. And that because if, if in, in, in the way I would see it in my mind is if Ellie knows there's a chance that she could have saved people, she probably would have gone back and done it. Whereas if he takes that chance away from her, she doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And although that's heartbreaking for him, he's going to have to spend every day lying to her about that thing. It, it's that responsibility that he's willing to, to, to take up. But that's so not that... his responsibility. It takes away her consent. Like Marlene, Marlene takes away her consent by leaving her in a coma and getting them to do the operation for the cure while she's in a coma. She mm. takes away all of Ellie's consent. Joel does the same thing and you know we're supposed to again be I don't know like you know Joel is technically the hero and Marlene is also kind of a hero right but they're both doing the same thing they're both using Ellie yeah it's it's paternalistic it's like 
two uh, like a season ago who's saying you're not my daughter then all of a sudden he's making decisions for her like she is yeah. his daughter well, i think this is one of the things about the game as well it's like the reason i don't like the ending we don't get to see it's not about the choices he makes because I would probably make the same choices. It's more that as a narrative structure, I don't get to find out more information. Hmm. Like I'm left hanging in this difficult n- narrative, which is really insular. Hmm. Um, but then that, and that's what makes the game strong. And then that's also what makes the makes the narrative strong is because you, we are within this really tightly insular and really. Um, you know, nuanced development of characters and relationships. And that's in this podcast is these relationships. And so, of course, it has to end in this nut of a relationship. And yeah. yet, yeah, Complex. The, the, reason, the reason yeah. has, has a, so, you know, watching the narrative unfold, it frustrates me as an ending is because I don't get anything else. Well, I but we're stuck within that fantastic nut of challenge, which it's been throughout, which, which is what to do and what's the right thing to do. But that's kind of the good thing, the fact that we all have a different opinion on how it should have been. And and, and no one's right, no one's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, God forbid us ever to be in that situation. And that, and me saying that, oh yeah, you know, I, I would have taken Ellie and I would have liked her. I, I don't know for definite that that's exactly what I would do in that situation. I think I would, but again, I'm not right and I'm not wrong. Exactly. It's just, you know, it, it's very open, and I suppose that's why you don't have that choice, and that, and they make that choice for you, yeah, because. Especially I, I would I would have pissed my pants in the tunnels at the start. And <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would be dead. <laughs> I would absolutely be dead. I would not be in this equation at all. I think I would have taught her how to swim earlier on. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if that's something they do. Not sure they've got enough LA. time, right? Yeah. Well, throw in the water, hope for the best. <laughs> Check her in, punt her in, see what happens. But, I mean, I, I don't know if that's some of the address in Last of Us too, but it, it, it was one thing I did kind of think that surely at some point you've had like a year or so with each other. At some point, there's a bit of downtime where you could at least, you know, doggy paddle something, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, give, give her some airbags so she can keep her float in the water. It, it's, it's, it's the one thing I would have, you know, attempted to do. Uh, okay. Please one of them wooden pallets for her. Yeah, 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 right. Like, dude, yeah. come on. Um, right. Last few minutes because we've really got to wrap up because otherwise we'll be here forever. Uh, imagine if it was like me, Mike, and Spider Dan doing this; it'd be a nightmare. So, what are your predictions for the TV show? And any quick thoughts on casting? I'm going to like quick fire to everybody. Uh, Math, I'll start with you. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. If, if it's half as good as the game and they can have that essence of this it's going to be fantastic I am a little bit worried I've read a few things that some of the cast have said that they feel that the show's too short and there should be more but there again we we don't know how much of the game are they going to cover everything or is it just going to be you know certain sections 
I've rewatched that trailer several times. Uh, one of the things I, I've mentioned before on Discord was there's no there's no showing of of David in the trailer. However, I, on previous watch this morning, there's a point where you see someone, which I would assume is Ellie's foot is chained up to something, which probably will imply the the winter scene. Which then again, if it is just nine episodes, I'd, I hope, I hope if they are going to kind of go through it fairly quickly, that it's each scene is done well because I, I'd be disappointed if, it, if I feel at the end of it they've done this and it's just rushed through and you kind of think, oh, you know, last of us, you know, I, I remember playing it and I've gone back and there's obviously bits I'd forgotten, but it, it did stay with me. I hope the TV programme has the same effect. Casting-wise, uh, Pedro Pascal, I mean, how could you not have him as, as Joel, really? The young girl, I think she's from Game of Thrones, is she, she not? Is, yeah, Bella um, Ramsey, yeah. And yeah, Worst Witch, she... thank you, Mildred Hubble. Mm-hmm. And, and Hilda, she's the voice of Hilda. Yeah, and she's well. the voice of Hilda. Oh, I love that show um, so much. Cena... At first, I, I couldn't get my head around in not being Ashley Johnson. I just thought it, it just doesn't work. But the more I've kind of looked at it, I thought Ashley Johnson's far too old to really do it now. I think I, even even with the aging, and I mean, I mean, it's not like she is old, and that, but you know, I, I do feel that they've got to have someone who who can get away with being a fourteen year old. Um. She does have a certain look to her, to Ellie, so I think it will work. I think, you know, from what I've seen of her in previous things, I think she will be very good. Um, the other characters, you've not really seen too much, so I, I don't know how hold judgment until the show comes out. But I, I think the main two characters, that they've got, you know, I think the spot on, especially with Joel. Dan, how about you? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I do hope um, that, I mean, you guys said it was like nine episodes, so I do hope it's a roller coaster ride filled with naughty dog goodness um, because I want it to be as much of a roller coaster ride for as much for people who probably not necessarily have played the video games. I want it to be as much of a roller coaster ride for them as it was for us. Who have played it? Sorry. <clears throat> um, I was kind of hoping probably it would be more episodes. That I think they could expand a bit more because, like, there have been a lot of video game outings that have been really disappointing. <coughs> Resident Evil. <coughs> um, you made us watch that. <laughs> I will just say. And I do apologise. <laughs> no, you don't. You love I it. I was a fan. <laughs> I was a fanboy, and I hadn't watched it for a while, and I watched it again, and then I thought, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Um, um, so I hope, I hope they, I, I hope they do the vid, uh, the video game. They, uh, I hope they actually no, no, I will say, it. I hope they do the video game justice, and they don't like massively rush it along, and you know they miss bits out, but. Yeah. Um, as for casting, I think I think they've got a pretty good cast, but for some reason, from I don't know why, in my head, I imagined 
Joel being played by uh, Josh Brolin for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, why. lots of people have yeah, always like shipped that. A yeah. very, a very gruff, rough, ready kind of guy. Um, and I think she'd be too old for it. But um, I would have thought Ellie probably be somebody like Daphne Keen or something like that. Um, but I think they made some good choices. I think it's going to be really good, and I cannot wait. Nice one. Blake? Uh, yeah, we haven't really looked into the show. I don't really know that much at all other than what you guys have told us. Well, you um, both have to watch it now, by the way, to come on. Yeah, oh, we, I think show. we definitely will. Yeah, we'll, 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 definitely. We'll, we'll yeah. yeah. Um, I knew about the two casting, and yeah, cool. Like, we'll see see how it goes. You know, mm. like I, I'm not really that kind of strict about the, the, the casting of stuff. I, I think... Um, People can prove themselves and act, you know, <laughs> act a character. Mm. Um, I, again, I don't know that much about it. I, but I would like to think that they are going to do the whole game in that one series in the one nine episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've kind of confirmed that or not. I could see it being done in nine episodes, especially like HBO, you know, I th- it is HBO, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like you could have a pilot, you know, like a, like a first episode as the, as the, prequel you know like with sarah and then the setup um and then like then after that you've just got two episodes a season i think that's uh doable you know yeah. a, a season of the game i mean um yeah you know uh take out all the looting <laughs> and all because yeah. there is quite a bit of repetition you know like how many times do you do all the stuff and it's like oh yeah we're going to that billboard oh we're going to the capitol building oh we're going to the radio tower you know like condense all of that stuff and just keep the narrative of like ellie was saying the relationships you know like that's what we're here for because well, that's the film that's a film aspect isn't it you yeah because in the game obviously there's so much practicality which if you put all that into a film it would be a terrible film yeah 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 oh here's something over there oh no it's something i've already i, I can't get pick up any more bullets <laughs> where, where do i climb up over here no, no over here why can't i get this ladder yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or is that just you? Oh, oh pause it because my kids are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I actually I can't wait to play the the second part as well, just to kind of have a, an idea about what will come up in the show and make us maybe I don't know. Hopefully, it's not too obvious, but maybe they might like signal to a few things in this first season about what might come if they carry it on for a second season for part two. How about you, Ellie? Yeah, ditto all the above. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> oh my, that is I'm how excited. you do it. That you know when I was like, let's wrap it up. She's done it. Boom. That's what we're ending on. Beautiful. <laughs> Can I be a pen then? <laughs> Go on then. I, 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 I just pulled up the uh, the the cast from on IMDb. Um, and surely you're losing your mind about Nick Offerman being Bill, which is the best casting yeah. oh, ever been oh. created. <laughs> of course, just, that's yeah. genius. That's right. Because you can't it's, have but, Alex Jones. He's been he's a horrible <laughs> being, but I've, yeah. <laughs> Nick Offerman oh, would be great. Yeah. Gabriel Luna as mm, as Tommy. Tommy. I, I, I'm not sure whether nice. that works. Huh. And I, I like him, but I, I'm not sure whether that works. Uh, we mentioned before we started recording, um, Ashley Johnson's going to be in it and also Troy Baker. And I know that there's a character that's not mentioned on IMDb and you had a fear yourself, Ray, about Troy Baker playing a certain character. 
I do worry myself. I don't know if you want to say that or you want to leave that as... Yeah, so I think they're going to break our hearts and do what they did with the with the game, which was they cast everybody's Nathan Drake, Nolan North sweetheart as David, just to traumatise us all. And I, my fear is they're going to they, do right? the same in the TV show and cast Troy Baker as David no. and just like just traumatise me even more because I need more trauma from the whole winter Confront stuff, your like. shadow, Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just be like, I, I will love it. I will love every second if that's what they do, but I'll also just maybe probably have yeah. a little cry in a corner. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How could you do this to me? <laughs> it, it still leaves a blank of who Ashley Johnson's going to, unless... We'll find out. Maybe if if they are going to go down that line and try, but because when you look at David in in the game, he doesn't look like a Nolan North kind of character, does he? As such, he's a lot more kind of taller, and which is more Troy Baker. To be fair, Ashley Johnson could she be one of the you know he's like right and men you know kind of because there's a point where uh, well there's either the bit where David sends off the guy buddy to boy. medicine. Yeah, yeah. Buddy boy. Do you know what? I have I have played this game so many times and I still cannot remember that character's real name because he is Buddy it's Boy. Buddy boy. Yeah, buddy <laughs> boy. Is he the <laughs> same guy that boy. is cutting up the the body? Yeah. Later on. So, so again, that may be where they'll, you know, just, you know, insert. That would be a great there. little Easter egg kind mm. of yeah. wink, wink. It's like the Uncharted, which is not the greatest of films, uh, when they come off the beach and Nolan Knobs just like, <laughs> I did something like that, you know, kind of thing. Uh, unless you're a real fan, you, you probably wouldn't notice it. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's where they'll link them in. But, I mean, looking at the casting, I think they've got it fairly, fairly good. And just, you know, fingers crossed they can do the game justice. Shout out to Anna Torv as well. Because I'm a big Anator fan. She's playing Tess. Big Tess fan, big Anator fan. She's going to nail it. It's going to be amazing. Right. Where can everybody find everybody? Uh, Blake Nelly, you can go first. Why don't you go first, Ellie? Um, <laughs> well, I'm not really. I am technically on social media, um, but I have a website. Um, so my website is ellieslade.com. That's E L E. Slade, S-L-A-D-E dot com. So yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Blake Biles, but yeah, I don't really use it so much. Um, but you can um, you can find me on the Comics in Motion. Um, just recently, Dan and I did the Super Draft, where we uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great it was great fun it was great fun we we picked uh each picked five comic book characters who were in video games um and that's a, that's a great series uh i'm also on indie comics spotlight with um our good friend tony farina um reviewing blankets and habibi and we started a tintin series which we're going to do the next episode of soon tintin in the congo um, and yes, there's some other ones with Comics Emotions and some of our other friends. Dan. So you can find me on the deep dark Twitterverse under the handle dark underscore Ronin84. So that's dark underscore R O N I N 84. 
Um, and if you like listening to my deep, dark, dulcet tones, you can find me on uh, Pop Gorillas, where I do the odd spoiler-free review. Um, I have not long done a spot on Indie Comic Spotlight with the wonderful Tony Farina um, talking about Hellboy. Um, and yeah, that is that. Math, you can send us out. Uh, I Comics Emotion got me to go onto Twitter, which <laughs> just as I joined it all went a bit a bit wrong. But I wait, were you the as... downfall of Twitter? Was it you? <laughs> yeah, because I got uh, Elon Musk to buy it. Um, <laughs> but, and I, uh, I am Math UK seventy eight. Uh, it's a handle I made years ago up and then realised years later when one of my kids turned around and says, it says Mavuk. <laughs> uh, at which point <laughs> there wasn't a lot I could really do to, to change it. It's it amusing, we were playing Minecraft. We were playing with one of his friends and then you know he points out the fact that you know he's he's like 12 year old and he's saying these and it's like, oh God. What a fantastic parent. So, yes. Um, but I, on Comics in Motion, uh, I've been on several episodes of the Andor series. If you haven't seen Andor, go and watch it. It's fantastic. Uh, I, we've just done a 20th Century Geek talk about Police Academy. We talk about it for nearly two hours, which you'd be amazed that we've managed to talk about it so long, but it is quite an interesting listen. And I am going to be going up against Tony uh, in the Super Draft when we have villains, which is going to be quite a, a fight for the first pick, I think, is going to really going to sway it one way or another, I reckon. But, uh, so, yeah, if you actually can put up my Yorkshire dialect, then uh, you'll find me on there. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for coming and talking to me about The Last of Us. I wish we could talk Thank longer. You. Thank you to Comics in Motion, as always. And we'll see you in January, where we get to start talking about the TV show. And then everybody should pay Last of Us Part 2, and we'll talk about that too. <laughs>